Blog Talk Radio. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. You've just landed in the Sin Bin with your hosts, Paul Rogers. You went to Princeton and we're all Eastern, weren't you, Ned? That's what it said in the yearbook, Jim. Uh-huh. And Otto Rogers. You What a life. See us. All right, let's show them what we got, guys. Get out there in the ice and let them know you're there. my All right, everyone. I want to welcome everyone back to the Seattle Simbin. This is the actually the start of our third season, and uh, I hadn't actually planned on doing the broadcast today, um, but there's there's some news that's coming out about Chris Hansen today and his Soto Arena proposal, and we've got in a few minutes uh, King Five reporter Chris Daniels calling in to talk about that. Um, and so Otto can't be with me tonight. Um, he's he's got some family obligations to tend to. Uh, but I'm sure he'll be with me for the next episode. And uh, really, really, tonight's episode is all about uh, Chris Hansen's arena proposal. And um, I was thinking back, and it's been be- since before um, since before the street vacation vote on May 2nd that uh, that we last had an episode. So so many so many different things have happened since then, and most of them haven't been that great. Um, to be perfectly honest, um, I think if we all sat down and, and looked each other in the eye, we'd have to say that for purposes of building an arena in Seattle, uh, everything's pretty much sucked since May 2nd. Um, it was a day that, uh, was like a gut punch to all of us, I think. And, uh, it was just one of those days that's hard to forget. It was painful. Um, we thought going in. Uh, that it was going to be close, but uh, you know, I deep down in my heart, I thought it was going to pass. Um, of course, one by one, uh, those council members voted no, and we lost that vote. I think it was five to four. And of course, um, very little news has happened since then, other than um, the misogyny stuff that we ran into um, with people's reactions to the vote. But we've had very little activity, at least in public, on the arena front for anything since then. Uh, Chris Hansen has been silent other than one or two statements the week of the vote. I uh, haven't really heard anything from Ray Bartizek, um, although as of a month ago, I know that he was still working on the project. I haven't, haven't heard anything since then. But we've heard nothing about what's going on in Bellevue. Um, and it's just been... Um, it's just been a crappy summer for arena purposes, and, and not much good has happened. Um, but, you know, it's not dead. Uh, Chris Hansen is still on the job, uh, and we finally have some tangible news about that today in that he acquired some new land in Soto. And so that uh, that was quite an expensive purchase, so that tells me that he's at least still on the project. Um, and, you know, it's just been one of those summers that hasn't been good. And it's looking like I've got on the line right now uh, King 5 reporter Chris Daniels. Chris, are you there? I am. How are you, sir? Doing good. Doing good. I was just uh, 
recounting with our audience before you called in, uh, I, I can't remember the last time I talked to you, but there's been so many things that have happened since. And, of course, not much of it's been good. Um, but how are you doing before we get into the meat of the, the topic? Uh, I, 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 I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. There's lots of things to talk about in the city of Seattle and all sorts of uh, things happening at City Hall and uh, around the city, around the region, whether it be uh, sports, transportation, uh, government, uh, all, all sorts of things, and, and this is just one of them. Yeah. Okay, so um, May 2nd of earlier this year, um, the city council held their vote on street vacation. Of course, it did not go our way. And uh, not really anything good has happened since then. Um, but until today, you you came out with some news about Chris, about, uh, Chris Hansen and some land. So why don't you tell our audience what's going on there? Well, it's interesting. It's also interesting where it goes from here, Paul. So I have been monitoring this now for several months. Uh, this is a piece of property that has always been in the Hansen Group's mind for a parking garage. Going through all these different city reviews, there was talk about there needed to be more parking, that the Hansen Group signed an option. I believe, although I would have to double check, it was in 2014 uh, to buy this this massive warehouse, which really stretches uh, a couple of blocks uh, down south of the proposed arena site. And it was in every design review uh, going to be a big parking garage, but it was only an option at that point. The thought was that the Hanson Group may not execute that option if uh, their arena plans were rejected uh, via the street vacation. And uh, I had uh, been monitoring that through the summer, uh, knowing that nothing uh, was going to happen uh, during the summer, that there would be a cooling off period, so to speak, uh, about uh, or after the street vacation. Uh, and lo and behold, um, at, a, at a price tag that is actually kind of staggering, the Hanson Group closed the deal yesterday, uh, meaning the documents were signed for an outright purchase of the property for $32 million. It's a significant piece of property. It brings the acreage uh, uh, up to well over uh, 12 acres. I think the, the acreage itself on that one piece of property is over four, uh, and, and it now is secured by the Hansen Group. Uh, there is over uh, close to $100 million worth of land uh, that's been purchased. That piece of property in particular, was uh, uh, the purchase price was three times the assessed value. Uh, so you, you see that, and, and it's, you, you scratch your head and say, well, the, the Hansen Group was rebuffed by the city council in May. Uh, what, uh, what is the Hansen Group up to? And uh, everything that I've heard is that it, it has been business as usual uh, since May. Uh, they, they have been planning to, uh, on what the, the next step may be, and, and this is the first part of that, and it just begs the question, uh, what, what comes after this? And what does this mean about the confidence of the Hansen Group uh, to go and close this, or is there some other plan here? Uh, keep in mind that uh, the, the north side of the city has exploded uh, thanks to Amazon and, and the other tech companies that have moved in there. You can't go east, you can't go west, and really the only part of town that could potentially grow 
in the current environment is to the south, and I know that there are a lot of questions about whether that's a good thing or bad thing as far as uh, the port and maritime industry is concerned, but uh, you, you have to wonder if, if maybe that's part of the thought process here, but at least it shows some confidence. Uh, what I've been told yeah. is this is all about the Sonics and uh, mm -hmm. that this purchase was made because it's all about bringing the Sonics back to Seattle. So so right. we shall see. So, so from our perspective, I mean, people who want the arena to be done, um, um, <clears throat> it, it's certainly not negative news uh, because it shows that Hanson's still in on the project. Um, but it, from my from my perspective, when I when I saw this news today, Chris, I'm thinking, okay, that's good. He's still in, but the port's still out there, and the five city council members that voted no are still out there, and the reasons they voted no are still out there. So, uh, do you think this may have could possibly move the needle on some of these council members, or could it possibly? I, I can't imagine it would sway the port, but do you think this could sway the needle in any way? I don't know if the, the purchase itself uh, sways the needle uh, at City Hall. I mean, I talked to Rob Johnson today, a council member who voted for the street vacation. He said it was news to him. He hadn't heard anything over the last few months at City Hall about any interest in, in doing this. Uh, but even in just a span of four months, the climate has changed uh, in Seattle. The, I know, Paul, you've been following it, the Lander Street overpass, which has been interconnected sure. with this whole arena story over time, that there is uh, now federal money that's been allotted for it. There's been a lot of movement to make that a reality. Uh, and, and any sort of street vacation, Chris Hansen would have to spend money on that as well that could potentially go to Lander. So you wonder how that ties in. Uh, that has changed over the last few months. Uh, the story worth watching, uh, whether you're an arena supporter or not, is what's going on with Terminal 46 and Hanjin. Uh, Hanjin, which is the, the, the biggest client there at Terminal 46, for lack of a better uh, word, uh, has declared bankruptcy. So there's questions about Terminal 46 and the, the future there. And I know there's a lot of varied opinions on, on what could or could not happen there uh, in the future. So that's just happened uh, what, in the last month. There's also a study underway from a task force appointed by the mayor that Rob Johnson is co-chairing about the future of maritime industrial lands, uh, not only in Soto, but in Ballard. So all of these things have happened really in a span of about a month or uh, uh, several weeks since that street vacation vote was taken. And, and there's obviously other issues in the city of Seattle uh, that have uh, taken up the council's time. Um, this really has not been on their radar, uh, to be perfectly honest. Uh, nobody's been really talking about this at City Hall. Whether it gets their attention, I think if what would get attention is money towards transportation in any sort of mm -hmm. uh, reapplication for a street vacation, if that does occur, that's what's going to get attention from any sort of city council members who have been against this in the past. And have you heard any indication that Hanson might be willing to contribute more to Lander, or is it just kind of status quo that we knew before? Well, I think what you have to look at as a barometer here is what was <laughs> what was promised in the street vacation back in April and May is spending 18 to $20 million on the street vacation that was going to be redirected to Lander. Uh, so the, the estimates on that project have been $140 million. 
They're at $100 million right now in targeted funds that have been promised uh, by either the feds, the state, uh, local taxpayers. So there's a gap there of 40. If the arena was approved, they might have been able to sign off on that right away to get construction going uh, mm-hmm. if that 18 to $20 million was applied. So, it, you know, this is just hypothetically speaking. If, if you boost that number, uh, you potentially can fix a problem that the Port of Seattle has – uh, asked for now the Northwest Seaport Alliance with the Port of Tacoma has asked for for going back a couple of decades uh, that has been a problem with or without a building here uh, and that's something yeah. that's probably going to be discussed during that study that Rob Johnson uh, that task force that Rob Johnson is leading so yeah I mean if if Hanson was to come back to the city council and say I'll pay you know even more for uh, the street vacation and uh uh, there's a grand bargain there, a grand solution uh, potentially. Yeah, I mean, hypothetically speaking, that could that could open up some ears. Um, do you think there's any? I mean, I hesitate to even ask this because I I just can't even imagine it. But do you think the port could even be uh, more amenable to this if Hanson was willing to contribute to land more to Lander? Uh, it's only it's only conjecture at this point. I, I think that a lot of people had kind of put this uh, this whole story in their back pocket and said, okay, that's done for a while at least. Um, and it, with the changing dynamics uh, and, and and this bubbling back up, uh, I, I mean, it's a statement from Hanson, no doubt. Um, and the the port has asked for things over time to keep the port viable and and, and keep the, the the jobs that are there viable and, and keep transportation in and out and, and one of those things it's always been lander and, and failed promises right. of the past and right. you would think you know just looking at it from the outside you would think if somebody was to say we can build this overpass, uh, that's going to be a tough thing to turn down. Uh, but there are a lot of dynamics at play, uh, and you and I have talked about this in the past. There's uh, all sorts of factors and, and competing interests, so it, it's tough to really forecast uh, that conversation. We saw what the conversation was like in uh, March, April, and May in particular. Uh, and, and if this was to bubble back up, and, and I should stress that I don't think it's going to happen Anytime soon, uh, this, the mm-hmm. city of Seattle is going to start talking about the budget next week, uh, and, and that's going to last uh, several weeks. I, I wouldn't anticipate any sort of discussion on anything related to the arena uh, in, until after that budget is settled, and now we're talking the end of this year and into next year. Yeah. So um, I, I personally have heard behind the scenes that um, – for people that have been uh, deeply involved with the project, but maybe on the peripheral, uh, there, there's been, it seems like there's been a little bit of discontentment with uh, Chris Hansen's leadership on the project since May, because we've heard very little from him. Um, and, you know, Brian might, might kill me for saying this, but I, I even Brian Robinson has expressed <laughs> some frustration with Chris Hansen lately. Um have you heard any any about about any of that behind the scenes and and do you think that Mr. Hansen might take more of a public role in the near future? You know, um I I have I have not heard that and uh, you know I think it it boils down to whether there's a deal to pitch. 
And the the one thing that is missing right now, and um, I, I know that that some of the people that are that are listening to this may not want to hear it, but the, the thing that's missing is the NBA or the NHL saying we want to come to Seattle tomorrow right. if you build this arena. And if right. that was to happen, it would change the conversation overnight. It would speed things up on a legislative level, meaning that the city and uh, or the, the mayor and the, the council's office, that hasn't happened in Seattle. It hasn't happened in Tukwila. It hasn't happened at Key Arena. It hasn't happened in Tacoma. I mean, you haven't had the NBA or NHL say, we have an owner who wants to come here if you build this arena. And right. I think that it, it would be tough for city council members to reject a street vacation in a reapplication if there is extra money that builds Lander and if there's a team that is promised right away because all those speeches that you heard in May talked about jobs, the Port of Seattle, transportation, and the fact that there's no team that's promised right away. And, and that right. changes the conversation just based on just based on what you heard from council members publicly uh, back right. in front of uh, in front of the council in May. Right. Well, Chris, you done mentioned the next word I was going to ask you about, which is Aquila. Um, as of about a month ago, um, I was hearing that uh, Mr. Bartizek was still in on the project, but he was still, you know, he's still pursuing the financing and all that. Um, have you heard anything recently? Is he still in? Is he out? Uh, what, what's the status in Tequila as far as you know? As far as I know and as far as uh, what I've heard, uh, they are still actively pursuing that. Uh, they have they have not, uh, meaning the Bartizek group has not uh, closed the door, that they they have been uh, still spending money uh, on a on a somewhat regular basis to keep that project and keep that proposal uh, alive and uh, that they are still moving forward. I think the, the question is whether the city of Tukwila believes that. Uh, I don't know of any significant work that's been done on the, by the city of Tukwila recently, uh, but I, I believe the, the Bartizek group believes at least that they're still in the game and uh, still mm -hmm. moving forward on their project. Have there been any reviews? I mean, they were supposed to be working on environmental reviews, but my sense is that that's, that part's been on hold until the financing is locked in. Do you, do you know if they've been working on that at all? Uh, that's my sense uh, from the city of Tukwila uh, as far as where they stand with things. Perhaps there's been some, some minor work uh, that I'm not aware of, but uh, at least in the past year it seems like, uh, there hasn't been a whole lot done from Tukwila or a lot that's coming out of Tukwila City Hall. Uh, but I, I, again, I, I believe that the, the Bartizek group believes that they're still in the game and still moving forward at this juncture, at least the last I heard. Okay. All right. And so um, any gasps of air going on in Bellevue at all right now? Not that I have heard. I think the focus has been on Tukwila and uh, on Seattle down in Soto. I still think there is a question of whether anything can be done at Seattle Center. I think that uh, uh, there are there is active work going on on Seattle Center as a whole and the future of Seattle Center as a whole. So. 
I have told you, Paul, and I told others over the last several years with all this focus on Soto, that Seattle Center is always going to be part of this equation and part of this discussion uh, because if you build a new arena, whether it be in Seattle or somewhere else, it, it really hurts Key Arena, hurts the future of Seattle Center. So I, I know there are people looking at Seattle Center as a whole and studying what to do now with uh, the future of Seattle Center. What that means for Key Arena, I don't know. But uh, we've, right. we've talked about Key Arena at length, the parking challenges there, uh, the future challenges, the idea of doing anything long-term. If somebody wants to come in and spend half a billion dollars at Seattle Center, I'm sure the city of Seattle will welcome them with open arms, and it will cause a huge wrench in everything for Chris Hansen, but, but that hasn't happened at this point. And it hasn't yeah. – there, there really has not been anything serious about Key Arena uh, since Steve Ballmer – back in 2007, 2008, attempted to renovate Key Arena. That was the closest to any sort of actual renovation or construction uh, that the city of Seattle has seen uh, was 2007, 2008. Everything else has just been talk. Yeah. And so before I let you go, Chris, I, I want to thank you for coming on, but before I let you go, any um, is Victor Coleman still out there? Is, is he still involved with Prince Hansen in any way, or he's, has he gone just completely silent on this? I, I think uh, the, the, the last thing you said there, the latter, I think he's gone completely silent on this. There's a question of whether uh, he and Chris Hansen are e even still working together. You know, they had that non-binding agreement, kind of gentleman's agreement that laid out some framework. I don't think they – I haven't given any indication they moved anywhere beyond that to any sort of legally binding document or agreement. Uh, and it just kind of stalled with the city of Seattle. Coleman had made his trips, met with the, the mayor. I think those lines of communication are still open. I think that there are emails uh, back and forth uh, that shows that there's interest there, but in terms of actual financial wherewithal, it's kind of in the same boat as what's been going on with uh, the Bartizek camp uh, down in Tukwila and, and trying to figure out a pathway forward financially, whether it be uh, in Seattle, in Soto, or, or elsewhere. Uh, but the last I have heard, I mean, this thing is really, this whole story has really uh, gone quiet during the summer uh, for, yeah. for multiple reasons. And, um, you know, in terms of Victor Coleman, I think he has gone uh, quiet as well uh, with, uh, with this story and, and with the NHL. Okay. Well, Chris, uh, I want to thank you for coming on the show once again. Uh, always been a friend to our show, and this is the season opener, so I want to thank you for that. And I'm, I'm sure there will be occasion to have you on a couple more times this season, and, and I look forward to talking to you again. It's good to talk to you, Paul, and one of these days we'll get together at the Angry Beaver in Greenwood, which is back open. They've come back uh, after all the stuff that they've had to go through this year, and I know that's a big hockey destination for your listeners and, and readers, and uh, so one of these days we'll have to meet up at the Angry Beaver. That sounds good to me. All right, thanks, Chris, and we'll talk to you later. Okay. Thanks, Paul. All right. That was uh, King 5 reporter Chris Daniels, and uh, he gave us the lowdown on what's going on in Soto and in Tequila and in Bellevue and Seattle Center and all these different things. 
And uh, this was an abbreviated episode of the Seattle Sinbin. I'm not sure what night of the week we're going to try to do this season, but we are going to to pick a regular night. Um, but we, we do plan on uh, on full coverage of the WHL again this season. Uh, so stand by, so stay tuned for some more information on that. And uh, have a great day, and good luck. Joining us in the Sin Bin with Paul Rogers.